say if you have a friend, a relative, or a coworker that loves their dog enough to call them their baby, just let them be. If it makes their heart happy, that's all they need. And we could all use something that makes our hearts happy these days. Hello and welcome to Positively Living with your host, April Cox, owner of Rocky's Retreat in sunny Orlando, Florida. Hi, and welcome back to Positively Living. I'm your host and dog mom gone overboard, April. This is our second episode, and we couldn't be more excited to get this podcast off the ground. It's been a dream of mine for a while, but like most things, you dream about it and then don't really get it going. So I'm really excited to finally get it going. If you've listened to our first episode, you heard my good friend Tom help me kick things off just because I kind of had the I've never done a podcast jitters, but now that I've got one under my belt, I'm ready to take the reins. In the future, this podcast is going to be a mix of me doing them alone, like today, or bringing on guests to share their knowledge and experience about positively living. I've got a great lineup in store, and I can't wait to bring some of our guests on air. But for today, you are stuck with me. And of course, my kiddos, Hero and Ghost, who are laying on either side of me. You may hear them panting right now in the background because they were just outside playing. Or you may hear one of our daycare or boarding doggos in the background barking because we are recording from Rocky's Retreat. And now here's my shameless plug for Rocky's Retreat. We're a daycare and boarding business here in sunny Orlando, Florida, and we also have an indoor pool where we do fun swims, we teach dogs how to swim, and we also do therapy for dogs. If you're like what I was like three years ago, you don't even know what therapy for dogs is, uh, which is why that's our topic for today. I'm going to kind of do something like a Q&A and talk about the five top questions that folks ask me about our pool and about swimming with dogs. But before we get into that, uh, I'm going to do a segment called Let's Bark About It, and we're going to do that every podcast that we do is just something to bark about. So today, I'm going to bark about the fact that it was just recently Mother's Day. And before Mother's Day is actually now, the day before Mother's Day is actually called International Dog Mom Day. So naturally, on my business social media pages, I posted about Dog Mom Day, and I posted about Mother's Day. I also gave the cat moms a shout out, because we can't forget about them. But I often call myself a dog mom gone overboard, because I I really am. Uh, But so are most of my my clients. Um, So that's one of the things, is I just really get them, and I get their mindset. My sister's a dog mom gone overboard. My best friend is a dog mom gone overboard, and, and the list just goes on. But when I call myself a dog mom and think about my dogs as my kids, I I really can't help but to think about a conversation that I had with a former colleague years ago where she told me that she really can't stand it when people call their dogs their fur babies. So she went on and on to say that they aren't actually children, um, they're not your babies, etc. And I was still a new dog mom at the time and hadn't gone all the way overboard yet, so it only mildly offended me. But it has stuck with me all this time, and it was over five years ago, to the point that I can still remember where we were when she said it. So it's got me thinking, why does it bother some people that some of us view our dogs as our children? We love and take care of them like a child, so if that's how we feel, just let us be. We often see people calling coworkers their work spouses, and we don't admonish them for that, do we? I say if you have a friend, a relative, or a coworker that loves their dog enough to call them their baby, 
just let them be. If it makes their heart happy, that's all they need. And we could all use something that makes our hearts happy these days. All right, now that I've barked about that, let's get on to everything that people ask me about the pool and swimming with dogs. I think the first and the most asked question I get is, don't all dogs just know how to swim? And the answer to that is a big fat no. Dogs are just like people. They've got different personalities, different experiences, different body types, and different fears. Most dogs will do some form of a doggy paddle if they're in the water, but for some, it's just kind of like a panicked flailing. Uh, according to Dr. Karen Becker, there's really three types of dogs when it comes to water, and, and I really love the way she classifies this. Um, so that's why I'm kind of borrowing her categories. There are dogs that are natural swimmers, there are dogs that are not built to survive in the water, and then there are dogs that can be learned or that can be taught how to swim. So I'm actually going to kind of unpack those three categories and talk about that a little bit. So dogs that are natural swimmers, these tend to be medium to large sized dogs with webbed feet like labs. I think most people, when they think of dogs that swim, they think of labs and they also have water resistant coats. This doesn't mean that they all love it automatically either. Uh, I've got two, two dogs my, of my own. Hero and Ghost. Hero is a purebred lab and he is the typical I love to swim dog. Loves it, loves it, loves it, can't get enough of it. Then I have Ghost and he's a lab mix and putting him in the water is like the worst thing you could ever do to him. He would probably rather go to the vet than get in the water. He hates it and it's terrible. Um, so even though he's got that natural swimmer tendency in him, he still just doesn't love it. So there are dogs that are also not really built to survive in the water. These dogs tend to be the barrel chested dogs or dogs that we would call top heavy. This would be something like a bulldog or a boxer. This doesn't necessarily mean they can't swim, um, but it might just take some work. They might need some work to learn how to swim, to teach them how, if, if they love it, you know, you can get them to swim. It's just not gonna be something that they have a natural affinity to. Um, and then there's dogs that can be taught how to swim. Um, so this may be a dog that is kind of unsure in the beginning and they're like, eh, I don't necessarily love it. But as you show them that they can have fun and they can do it and you build that confidence for them, they really learn to love it. Uh, a great example of that that we have is I actually taught a, a German Shepherd puppy how to swim. And when he first started coming to us, uh, his first lesson, he was just like, nope, this isn't for me. I don't like it. I'm not having a good time. He was flailing up front with his arms. He was like doing all the work up front just really panicked and freaking out. His mom really wanted him to learn how to swim because she knows that later on in life, it would be really good for his joints and his legs and just his overall health. German shepherds do tend to have a lot of issues in their hind area. So if they learn how to swim, it's going to benefit him later in life. So we took it slow, really worked with him. And eventually this dog learned how to swim and not only learned how to swim, but he learned how to love to swim. By his fifth lesson, we were throwing the ball. He was jumping in the water and just absolutely having a blast to the point that several months later, his mom sent me a picture of him in the pool that they have at home. So there are dogs that, that can learn how to swim and they can actually love it. This break is brought to you by the Sample Food Project. We're just real food. For your 10% discount, enter code Rocky's Retreat.
dogs, you know, another thing that affects dogs when it comes to do they just know how to swim is they have memories like elephants. Um, I hear from a lot of customers that their dog's first experience in the pool was falling in. If, a, if that's a dog's first experience in the pool, it's not a, it's not a deal breaker as far as getting them to swim, but it is something that you're going to have to work through and kind of reprogram them to learn that not every experience in the pool is going to be as traumatic as falling in. I um, had a dog named Strider that was coming here and he was a, a big Australian shepherd, a huge dog. He's about a hundred pounds and he, he was older and he needed to swim for some therapeutic reasons for his hind, his hind legs and just overall mobility but he had fallen in the pool when he was a puppy and his parents, it took them a little bit to get to him. So he was in the water flailing, panicked and um, did not have a good experience. So he was not on board with getting in the water when he first started coming here to swim. So we really had to work with him, ease him in the water. And it took me quite a while to build his trust and get him to believe that he could swim and do okay in the water. He eventually got got with the program and, and calmed down. He never really got in the water on his own. I would still always have to kind of coax him in the water. But once we got in the water, he would swim and, and he did what was expected of him from a therapy perspective. It helped him. It was really great. Um, and it also helped that I gave him lots of love and hugs and petted him and, and all of that. But he's a great example of a dog that falls in the water for their first experience. It really stays with them and it's something you have to really, really work through. So. Um, those are some of the, the reasons and explanations of why a dog just doesn't naturally know how to swim. So if you really want your dog to swim, you want to start slowly. What we do here at Rockies is we get to know the dog and, and spend time with them. I don't know about you, but if I met a stranger and they dragged me into a large body of water, as soon as I met them, I would not like it. Um, so we really spend a lot of time on their first visit, get to know them, make them feel comfortable. And then we start off really light. Um, you don't just start to decide you want to start running and then start off with a marathon. So, um, so you start off really light and then build from there. Um, if a dog loves it and they're not typically a breed that's built for it, like a Braxiophilic dog, you can condition them so that their bodies are better able to handle it. It's much like conditioning yourself for a race or for climbing or any other physical activity that, that we do. Um, not many people can just start off running a marathon, except maybe for young children um, when they're pumped full of sugar, but that's a whole other story. Another thing you can do is show your dog other dogs um, that are swimming and that do love it so we do this sometimes at Rockies with dogs that are kind of interested in swimming and they're 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 doing it but they still lack the confidence and they're a little bit hesitant we'll actually bring in another dog that we know loves to swim we use my dog hero as one of the dogs and then we also use our um one of our employees and one of my good friends eva her dog luna is also another dog that loves to swim and we'll bring them in and have them swim at the same time as this dog who kind of wants to love it but they're still a little bit scared and we show 
them how much fun those dogs are having and then they kind of get it and they're like oh okay I see I, I can have fun this doesn't have to be you know a scary thing for me and and that's been a lot of success so if you you know have a pool at home and you want to show your dogs and you know you've got a friend that knows how to or a friend whose dog that knows how to swim you can definitely show your dogs other dogs that know how to swim and it can become a learned behavior that way one important thing though is you definitely want to show your dogs how to get out of a pool um, so if you do have a pool at home you always want to make sure that even if your dog doesn't love to swim you want to show them how to get out of the pool so that they know so if they do fall out they know where the steps are they know how to get out um, and and you don't have to worry about that one thing we recommend is life vests and flotation devices. Uh, we use those here at Rockies. A lot of dogs, uh, we will put the vest on. It just gives them another uh, boost of confidence. Um, and then we use flotation devices, like almost like something you would put around their neck uh, to keep them from chewing themselves, um, like an inflatable collar. Sometimes we will use that for a braxiophilic dog or a dog with a shorter neck, just so that we can kind of keep them um, from their face going in the water. So that's kind of all about, don't all dogs know just how to swim? Another question that I get is, have you ever had a dog that you can't swim? And the answer is yes. Um, there's two that really come to mind. And again, I talked about this a little earlier, but my dog Ghost is one of them. He just really, really hates the water. We've tried it. I've tried to make him love it. It's just not happening. I tried the show him that other dogs love it. So I've brought him in the pool room with us when his brother is swimming, who absolutely loves it. And he's doing belly flops in the water and chasing the ball and goes just runs around the pool room in a panic. So even though I know it would benefit him later on in his life to be able to, to swim, I just don't put him through that stress because he just, he doesn't like it. Uh, another dog that I had that just wouldn't swim was as a hound dog and his mom was pretty sure he, he wouldn't like to swim, but she wanted to give it a try anyways. Um, and she didn't even want to put him in the water because he was so scared. So we didn't even really proceed with him um, just because you could see that he was really scared and she had said he had other things going on and she just didn't really want to try it. So there are times when there's somebody, you know, that really wants their dog to swim, but then it just, it just doesn't work. And so it just doesn't work. This break is brought to you by pet food brand Herd Smith. Founded and operated by holistic veterinarian Dr. Chris Percent. For your 10% promotional discount, enter code Rockies Retreat. Next question I get is well, what are the benefits of swimming? Um, it's pretty similar to the benefits that we would experience for swimming. It's cardio, so it improves your overall health. It's very joint friendly because it's low impact, it's stress relieving. Our pool is warm water, so it's pain relieving. Um, so it's kind of like, it's not as hot as a, as a jacuzzi would be, but the warm water is pain relieving. Um, it's a great way for overweight dogs to lose weight because of the um, low impact. So when a dog is overweight, it's really hard on their bodies because their bodies are much smaller than ours. Their legs are shorter. So that low impact really helps them get that movement in uh, without, without hurting them. Uh, swimming increases mobility for senior dogs. 
it helps dogs with arthritis, things like hip dysplasia, etc. It's a great way for them to recover from a surgery. So dogs are just like us, they're prone to injuries. A lot of dogs get what's called a CCL tear. Um, and so uh, they can have a surgery that'll repair that. So once they've been cleared from the, the post-op from their doctor, they can come and get in the water and swim for recovery. And then of course, if a dog loves to swim, it's just a really great way for them to have fun. Uh, next question we get is, my dog hates water, can he swim? So it all really depends on what you're trying to do. There are some dogs that will learn to, to love it and then some dogs that will learn to accept it. And again, we've talked about dogs that just, it's never gonna happen. We do get a lot of dogs here that are here for therapy. And they don't necessarily love it, but something in their mind tells them that it's good for them and they come to a place of acceptance for it. Um, I've got two examples of that for you. I have Madison, who is a cute little Shih Tzu and um, she really hates water. She hates it when it rains. She hates going to the groomers. She doesn't walk near sprinklers and she hates baths, just anything to do with water she hates. So her mom wanted her to become a little bit better with the water and just gen in general, less fearful of the water. And so she thought that if she swam in a comfortable environment with somebody holding her and kind of really coddling her and showing her that the water isn't terrible, that it would help her. So Madison would come about once a week for a swim lesson and we literally spent about five minutes in the pool. I would just put a little um, inflatable collar around her head and I would bring her in the water and I would hold her the entire time and we would do a lap together while I'm holding her and then I would hold her out of the water kind of coddling her like a baby let her relax and then do it again. Maybe five minutes, 10 minutes tops in the water we'd get her out, dry her off and then she would go. After about three sessions of doing that, her mom said that she was able to tolerate getting baths better, and she actually stopped barking at the rain. She used to bark every time it rained, just bark at the rain. So that kind of helped her. Again, I don't think she's ever going to ask for a swim all on her own, but we kind of showed her and, and conditioned her to accept it. Another example of that is a dog that we had here swimming named Aries. He was a German Shepherd that had degenerative myelopathy. Um, that is something that German Shepherds are very prone to. And um, when he first came here, he was very hesitant to get in the water. He was nervous. Um, we actually let his mom come in the water with us. He, she didn't do anything with him. She just came in and stood next to us. And that's how we did his first swim. She would walk right next to us as we went back and forth. After that first session, the next session, he kind of got a little more used to it. And I think that maybe by his third session, he really came to a place of realizing like, this feels good. I get to move more freely than I normally can when I'm trying to walk. And he just kind of melted into me and accepted that this was something good for him and that was really a pivotal point for him because after that then he got just really excited to come here for swimming and it was really his favorite thing to do because he really couldn't walk as his condition progressed it became more and more difficult for him to walk 
But when he got in the water, he could move like nobody's business. And we would throw the ball and he would go after it and go after it and go after it. So he's just a great example of he didn't like it at first and he grew to love it. And he loved it so much that he swam all the ways until the, the end of his life. And he just really was able to continue doing something that he loved and had that freedom of movement um, all the ways until the end. And so the last question that we get is how do you keep that pool clean? I get people all the time that will say something like, I would love to swim my dog at my house, but I don't want to deal with all that fur in the pool. And so my answer to that is it is not easy. <laughs> we have to clean that pool every time we get in it, we have to clean it. So we skim the pool um, with, you know, one of those basket skimmers. Um, some dogs don't really, you know, throw a lot of fur in the water, as, as I say, but then some dogs, it's like there's a fur coat on top of the water. So German shepherds tend to leave a lot of fur in the water. Labs leave a lot of fur in the water. My little Shih Tzu, who, like, who I was just, just talking about, Madison, she, um, she didn't leave a lot of fur in the water. So it really depends, but we always skim the water. Um, we have to go through and scrub the sides. I kind of have uh, a non-abrasive scrubby because dogs, uh, their skin has a lot of oil in it. And so it kind of adheres to the side of the pool. So I use uh, some special pool cleaner and I go in it and I scrub the sides all the ways around. We have to, we clean out the filter basket that's in the pool. We clean that out every day. It's got a sock in it. And then, you know, we clean out the fur there. Um, and we vacuum every day. So I'll put the vacuum in just to get anything that settles down to the bottom and picks that up. Then we've got a big filter contraption, um, nice technical word there, that's got four filters inside of it. And that's something that uh, my husband comes and takes apart and takes all those four cartridges out, cleans them and puts it all back together. So that's like maybe once a month or once every two months if, we're, if we haven't had too many dogs in the water. Uh, to be honest, when I first took over the business here, I had never had a pool before uh, my grandparents had a pool when I was a kid but when you're a kid all you do with the pool is swim in it so I really had no idea what I was doing the previous owners you know they taught me what they knew and you know I was happy to have that knowledge but I would say for probably the first few months of owning the business I would just take the water a sample of the water to the pool store and just say tell me what to do um, until I got more comfortable with it. And now I'm pretty comfortable with if the water levels are off, I know what to do and what to put in it. Um, typically the only thing I really ever put in the water is salt because we've got some, you know, some, I call it auto magically um, happening things with our filter and our system that turn that into chlorine. And then I just tell the, the the control panel that I need to up the chlorine levels or down the chlorine levels. So that's typically the only thing I ever really put in the water is the salt. Sometimes I'll have to put some baking soda or acid in it, uh, but we try to keep the pool with the right level of chemicals, but enough that it's not harmful for your dog's skin. Um, so it's not like a pool at home. It's definitely less chlorine than that. Um, but it's definitely not easy to keep that pool clean. It is a project uh, and I'm testing it and cleaning it and worried about it all the time. So if you are not wanting to do all of that, you probably should not have your dog in your pool. You 
because it is work. Um, I often joke and say that I could start a side business selling sweaters made out of dog fur because that is literally how much fur that we pull out of that pool on a daily basis. So those are our five big questions that we get about, uh, about the pool and about swimming. Um, it's definitely been a learning experience for me. It's a ton of fun. I could not imagine doing anything else. Um, I've said it in our first podcast. I'll say it in this one. I'll probably say it every time somebody asks me about swimming with the dogs. Uh, I feel like it's my heart's work. I love it. I love all the aspects of it. I love teaching puppies how to swim. I love working with dogs that need it from a therapy perspective. And I love doing the fun swims. It's just again, my heart's work. So those were the five main questions I get about the pool and swimming with dogs. I really hope you learned something, but if you have any more questions, you can send us an email at podcast at rockiesretreat.com and we'll be happy to answer. Maybe we'll even answer on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening to Positively Living with your host, April Cox. We'd love it if you'd share this podcast with a friend, a fellow dog lover, and be sure to visit our website at rockiesretreat.com.